Oh, with the sports betting headlines for a big Monday. Kansas City, the Super Bowl favorite entering the season, dominated by Tennessee, below 500 record now, but still the betting odds say 60% chance to make the playoffs for the Chiefs. Another disappointment, the NFC West favorite coming in the year, San Francisco, now two and four. What is going on with Kyle Shanahan? You can feel a shift in the narrative. Monday Night Football, Saints on the road were a four-point favor just in the last few hours. Steam on the Saints. They're up to five at Seattle. Here comes a four-hour The Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a big Aftermath Monday. Live from Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. A.J. Hoffman in studio. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. And I'll say this, and I don't say this kind of thing too often. This show, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, will be some of the most important shows I think we ever do when it comes to what is the state of the NFL? What is the state of the NFL in 2021? It's not just who's good. It's what makes a team good. And if you understand that, you understand who's good at any given time. And I'm telling you, most in the media get it wrong. Now, he's not most. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a Monday. Lots to discuss, including the Chiefs falling once again. An intriguing Monday night football game tonight. The World Series is set between the Astros and the Braves. But the Vegas lead on a Monday is always where the Sharps and Squares are seeing things differently. Yeah, and usually we start with just a list of the Squares are squawking and the Sharps are saying, we're going to start with a topic and talk about the sharp and square perspective on the Chiefs because this is the biggest story in the NFL this season so far. This was the favorite, not Tampa Bay, coming into the season. Yeah, the preseason Super Bowl favorite, Kansas City Chiefs, now below 500, getting blown out by the Titans in Tennessee. Final score 27 to 3. Okay, so. I am going to let you start. We talked about this in production. I'm going to let you start with your point because I'm actually probably going to contradict it a little bit, but not really. I think your point is correct for this game. So let's look at this performance against Tennessee because there's really two different things, uh, time periods to look at the Chiefs in, right? Or three. Three is the Mahomes era, and that's a time period of – Unmatched success. No team has had as much success during these years of Mahomes starting than the Chiefs. That's the long time period. The mid time period is this season. The short time period is against Tennessee. 
So against Tennessee, you had a takeaway that I think is absolutely correct about why the Chiefs are struggling. The Chiefs are struggling because they've not adjusted to the way the league is playing them. Every team now, most teams are coming at them with two high safeties, playing cover two, cover four, basically a shell-type coverage allowing them to get, to take short intermediate routes. All right, so it's saying we're not going to press you. We're not going to be like worrying about every three-yard completion. We're just not letting you get behind us. We're not letting Tyreek Hill bust an 85-yarder is what they're talking about. And and now, mind you, it's not it's not flawless. I mean, the Texans tried it, and it failed miserably. So it can it's... Oh, but, but staying on the main point is the general kind of, hey, make you do an 8 or 10 play drive, Mahomes. Do you have the patience? That's been something that you believe most teams are doing and Kansas City's failing at. 2018-2019, they saw about 37% of their dropbacks. They faced two deep coverage. Uh, This year, 59% of dropbacks. They faced two deep coverage. So, again, I'm not an expert at the X's and O's. I'm learning... Uh, the theory would be like an Adams for Seattle. He's the second safety. If he's down in the box or if he's blitzing, that means there's one less guy in coverage. So Seattle would be at this point generally the opposite of the way the league is playing against Kansas City, which is let's have our safety sit back, keep it in front of them. you got to matriculate the ball down the field. Well, what have we said about Is the that Chief? correct? Yes, that is correct. What we've said about the Chiefs, you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes will eat you up if you blitz. So teams have said, okay, we won't blitz anymore. And now the problem is this offensive line of the Chiefs that was supposed to be improved over the offseason, it's not gelling. It's not working. And they, yesterday they got dominated by a four-man front. The Titans only blitzed once yesterday, and they were in Mahomes' kitchen all day. That's A.J. Hoffman. So let's think about this. The classic Tom Brady antidote is, hey, get pressure with your four, and you're fine with them. And what anyone that really understands NFL says is, of course, if you can get pressure with four against any quarterback, that means you both get pressure and you have a lot of guys in coverage, you're going to be fine. The fact that Kansas City had the experience that they did in the Super Bowl, which was their deficiencies due to injury on the offensive line were so severe Mahomes couldn't be Mahomes, and they were dominated. The entire offseason, the focus for the Chiefs has been, it seems, at least the majority of it, let's shore up that O-line. Now, the trade with Baltimore for Brown, not looking so good right now. And in a way, some people at the time said maybe they're fixated on yesterday's problem, fighting the last war, as they say, and not thinking about, tomorrow, but boy, they didn't help themselves on defense. We know that. Didn't help themselves with playmaker. Right? Who's your third playmaker? I don't know. And now the O-line that they spent their resources on doesn't look so good. So what you're saying generally is typically if the O-line's blocking the four, yeah, if you sit back there and say, make it eight or ten plays, Mahomes, get seven, eight yards a clip, he's probably going to do okay most of the time if he's not pressured. But if he's getting pressured with four and he's got to do it eight, ten different successful plays to get a touchdown, it's tougher. And what we saw was a disaster in that 
they scored three points. The best, one of the best offenses in football scored three points. Against one of the worst defenses on paper in football. Agreed. A defense that just two weeks before got beat by the Jets. <laughs> now, in the interim, they beat two of the best teams. What is life? Well, <laughs> it's, it, it, I tell you, it's going to be our second subject, which is the NFL – a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and the trick is not to sway too far one way or the other. You might have heard that somewhere before, AJ. We are straight out of Vegas. Now, here's where I disagree with AJ. Prior to this game, all right. so this was the seventh game for the Chiefs, the sixth prior, where would you rank the Chiefs? Let's say this. Is there any debate the Chiefs had one of the top three or four offenses no, in football? No, none. Uh, even counting their inordinate number of turnovers. Meaning yes. that if you look at points, you look at points per drive, you look at EPA, they were in the top couple. At points per drive, they were so far ahead, they thought they were in last. The punt rate, yeah, everything. Yeah. So, in a, in a weird situation, what you have here is maybe the prototype of old football versus new football when it came to the Chiefs prior to the most recent game against Tennessee. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, what has been the narrative? The narrative by the smart types, and I'm quote, I'm air quoting right now, smart types. The smart types has been, well, defense doesn't really matter. Now think about it. The final four teams last year, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, by far Tampa Bay had the best defense. It wasn't even a debate. Buffalo's defense last year was not very good at all. Kansas City wasn't very, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't very good. Green Bay's was okay, but not very good. Tampa Bay was the biggest underdog of the four teams. Defense didn't really matter. And it's not like Tampa Bay didn't have a good offense. They were like the third, probably, of that group or fourth, but they were like maybe the fifth or sixth in the whole league. Right. Right. So it's like if you have the fifth or sixth best offense and the second or third best defense, the other teams have the first, second, third best offense, but like a defense from 18 to 30. Wouldn't Tampa Bay be the favorite? But they weren't. They were the biggest underdog. Why? Because defense doesn't matter. Well, it seems like if defense doesn't matter, then Kansas City's defense being so bad shouldn't have really mattered this year because their offense was a top couple, maybe the best before the most recent game. So if you have the best offense and the worst defense, in theory, back when I grew up, you should have been maybe the 18th or 16th best team, right? If you say, let's go 32 plus 1 divided by 2, 16.5, that's pretty average, right? If you're just averaging it out. Now, football outsiders, let me see, yeah. Yeah. Football, outsi yeah. football outsiders, they have a, a ratio of four units of offense, three of defense, one of special teams. So they said, hey, it's close. Four sevenths, three sevenths, throwing an eighth for special teams, or, or so I guess it's um, if you're just looking offense and defense, it's four to three ratio. So it's close, but a little bit of an edge, little bit of an edge for offense. Well, which one is it? All right. It looks like defense matters more than people have thought. Or you could say, well, as long as you're not horrible. If you're 25, it doesn't matter. 25 to 12, maybe. But if you're 32, it matters. Okay. That sounds like revisionist history to me. But let's agree that, in a way, Kansas City has been a object lesson in what happens if you have a great offense and no defense. The second lesson has been turnovers. Because if you remove the turnovers... Now, why would you remove turnovers? Because most turnovers have a huge element of luck. 
tip pass. Oh, a dropped interception. It should have been a turnover. It wasn't, or it shouldn't have been, but it was. If you look at the rate of turnover-worthy play, so the rate, Mahomes entering the game yesterday had a lower rate this year than last year. But he had a ton more turnovers this year because they were catching the interceptions. There were more tip balls. The things that were luck has gone against Kansas City when it comes to turnovers, where last year Mahomes put the ball in harm's way just as much. But He, had, he led the league in interceptions dropped. Exactly. Yeah. Great point, A.J. Harvey. So it, it, it makes the case that in a way you could say Mahomes was playing just as well as ever, or at least the offense was. The turnovers were luck. Defense doesn't matter. Kansas City should have been the same favorite entering the game against Tennessee in the whole league than they were entering the year, with the exception of being, hey, if you're not going to get the first seed because of the game so far, they at least should have been power rated number one or two. And you know what? With a lot of people, they were. Kansas City was still one or two in most power ratings. And I mean serious people, the most serious people. Now, what happened? I, I could have explained everything about Kansas City up until now, we weren't sure how much defense matters. We'll see. We weren't sure if those turnovers were going to reverse themselves because things can, a guy can be unlucky a whole year or lucky the whole year. But in general, there wasn't any cause for concern. Now there is because they look nothing like the team that we expect from Kansas City, even up to this point. This year, even up to this point this year, yesterday's team looks so, so different. And I think I know why. Why is Kansas City struggling? Why did they struggle so poorly? 27 to 3 they lost. Fezzik would say 3 to 27. <laughs> I say 27 3. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say the following, and this is something we've talked about a lot internally. What are we? Are we a new show? No. Fox has a news, Fox Sports Radio has a news department. And at the bottom of the hour, you get to hear it live. The most important, you know, vetted and curated. And it's Mr. Dan Byer most of the time. A legendary voice. A legendary man, some would say. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that exactly, but okay. He thinks so. But we're not a news program. We're an opinion show. So we'll tell you the news if we don't think it's being reported enough. We'll repeat it, but we're not breaking news. So this is speculation. I'm not sure it's true. I don't have any inside information. But I believe if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs since the lead up to the Super Bowl and what happened then, Andy Reid's son got into, and let's just say I'm not going to try to be a newsman, a car accident, and there's a lot of legal liability, it seems, out there. And there was, uh, you know, reports of intoxication. There was a serious injuries to the other uh, participant or other victims, I guess, in the accident. And if you look at the way the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl, yeah, you could say the O-line was a problem, but what adjustments were made? You never really see a Super Bowl or any NFL game where a team is struggling and they keep doing it the same way again and again and again and again. And it's like... Could any of us blame? I mean, think about a bad breakup. I mean, most of us hopefully, you know, don't have to experience the idea of, and unfortunately for Coach Reed, he lost a son years ago. 
and you know passed away and now the another son with you know legal jeopardy that is life changing is no one here is doing a commentary on who was right or wrong in the accident or what kind of penalty there should be or punishment but if you're a father you're not thinking like that you're thinking about your son and from that game on it feels like the chiefs have a different intensity there's a yeah, what's the difference feel to it, to me? Now, obviously, Mahomes isn't necessarily feeling that, but we all know that when a team is going well, they feed off of each other's positive qualities. When a team's doing poorly, like a family sometimes, you know, the dad's a little upset or mad, kids get act out, there's effects. And to me, and let me ask you, AJ, it strikes me, it's hard to watch the Chiefs, even though even in mid-year last year, they weren't covering the spreads, but they were winning the games. Now it feels like this is if you if all you've seen was the Super Bowl on, would you say, boy, that Chiefs team is buttoned up? Boy, they are. No. They must be working overtime. No, I mean, especially if you saw the Super Bowl, you saw the, the cracks were already glaring at that point, and the fact that they come out in this season and it's gone the way that it has, it's hard to even think that they're a solid playoff team at this point. And. But it feels like it's not. I mean, has Tyreek Hill gotten worse? No. Has Mahomes gotten worse? Has Kelsey gotten worse? You could make the case the O line's a little less than it was. You could make the case the defense is worse. Okay, what kind of drop off should that be? It shouldn't be where right now, based on 538's ELO model, they say Kansas City has a 43% chance to make the playoffs. Football Outsider says 46%. Those are both below 50%. This team right now is an underdog to make the playoffs. Now, the betting odds say it's minus 200. Yes. Like plus 160. No, they got a nice straddle, those bookies. Ooh. I mean, wow. <laughs> Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. But there may be a bet there. There may be a no bet. If you believe the, the ELO model for 538, the Football Outsiders model, if you're getting plus 155, 160 on a 50 50 prop or a 46% prop, you're making that's as good as you're going to do. But it, Super Bowl was one game, and you could have a shocking experience, but now it's six months later or more, and it's like the team has many of those same symptoms, it seems, and lackadaisical. And let's be candid. I mean, it's, it would only be human. In fact, the part to me that I think is surprising is that Andy Reid's even coaching. Meaning, if at some point, when you've done it all, and this is something a lot of people face, and I'll be candid, to some degree, it's something that I've had, you know, as you get to the 20th NFL season, and, you know, AJ coming in this year kind of was an infusion of enthusiasm and, and recalcitrance. But that's a different story. And <laughs> but the fact is, it's like, ah, this is different. Getting the Fox show, different. You know, and it's like, but when you keep doing the same thing, at some point, if you're good at it, if the stakes are high or not, if the stakes are even high, and if you're really good at it, it's like, wow, what's the point of all this? You know, and by definition, that's what a midlife crisis is. A lot of people have kids, the kids are in high school, and now they're feeling their age. What's the point of all this? What's the Andy Reid with one, you know, one son dead, another son in big trouble, and he's going to be grinding on a Tuesday night at one in the morning? If he is, 
salute. If he's not, it would make a ton of sense. From the outside, it doesn't feel like he is. Yeah, that's a lot to manage from a personal standpoint. I don't know how he's how he weighed it for the Super Bowl. I don't know how he weighed it over the offseason. But my my question becomes, when you're so used to the, the same old, same old, and the same old, same old is winning, does falling in you know a three and four start does that shock the system and wake you up if it matters but that's the question how can it how many super bowl trophies would you get i mean that's the thing about life that's so confusing to me to anyone no one's figured this out totally because if so they would have written the book it's like if there's like they figured out how to beat smallpox so everyone the whole world suffered from smallpox you know either directly or indirectly then someone figured it out and then it was over it was a solved problem Figuring out what the meaning of life is, AJ, it's not a solved problem. And when I look at Andy Reid and I see the results on the field, it's fair to speculate, understanding we aren't reporting, maybe that's a major issue is his energy, his involvement, and the effect it's having on the team. When we come back, we're going to tell you how this was one of the most surprising weekends of NFL action we've ever seen. And I'll tell you why you should have figured it was going to go that way. Yes. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to finish up looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and their downfall and what the Sharps and Squares are differing on. You know, I, I'm going to – I'll finish that up right now. Let's do I it. think our first segment was as good as we do. And I think if you like this kind of radio, we're proud of it. And what did we figure out? Well, obviously, the Chiefs have underperformed. If you look at their odds to make the playoffs by the projection models, less than 50%. The betting odds are up over 60. There's an opportunity perhaps on the no if you like that side. Now, up till the most recent game, their offense was great. Kansas City's offense has been great this year, maybe the best in the league. Defense horrible. Turnovers have been, quote-unquote, unlucky. The premise is, hey, turnovers regress. They even out. There's a lot of luck to them generally. And defense doesn't really matter anymore. That's what the newbies say or the new age say. It's all offense. Well, if you have a great offense, a bad defense, and turnovers, yeah, you maybe lost some games, but that should even itself out, and you should be just fine. And a lot of serious people had Kansas City on top of their power rating still entering yesterday. Yesterday was different. Something's changed. AJ speculating, hey, the defenses are making them be patient. And I agree that's part of it. And I speculated, speculated, speculated Andy Reid and his trouble with his uh, son's trouble, major legal jeopardy and such, could be a distraction. It could be maybe that last hour of intensity isn't in him. And you know what? If it wasn't, and I'm speculating, it would make sense. Stay tuned. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you. Thank you. And we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver winners and laughter and contemplation, repose. Is that the word, repose? 
You got me. I think so. Your vocabulary is a little better than mine. Wow. You know, you know, you you said a word earlier and you laughed at it. I would have laughed with you. I had no idea what the hell you were talking about. Recalcitrance, (laughs) stubbornness. Okay. Yes. I mean, RJ thought it was hilarious. I was like, oh, yeah. I thought it was funny that maybe you wouldn't know that I was saying you were stubborn. Certainly didn't know. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, this kind of ruined it, but you, you can listen on 225 stations coast to coast on the Fox Sports Radio Network. And if you don't know which one is yours, wherever you may be, just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can see where that local station is, and you can listen there streaming here in Vegas on the Strip. 78 degrees, neon is pumping. So, RJ, let's take a look at something that I think a lot of people struggle with. When do we see an edge, and when is something just way too obvious to be good? So, here's the thing. I don't think it's just, like, people will say, oh, the public's on Team A. You can't, that can't be a winner. Freddie Fanny Pack's on that one. You know, if they're copying from me, they'll say, Freddie Fanny Pack, or... Barney from the bar. Barney at the bar. Or AJ. <laughs> no, 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 no. You like to lay the lumber. But I tell you, it works in college. It does not work in the NFL. Barney... Uh, doesn't do well in the NFL. Why? It's not just they lo- they're losers. It's because them being on the team or on the given side or whatever the bet is makes it expensive. And thus now you're buying it expensive. Well, what does these extreme cases like? Let me run down a list. Browns have no playmakers. Tennessee has a horrible D and they are down multiple starters. The Rams have more motivation than any team this year that's a double-digit favorite to get margin because they want to show Goff was someone that they should have got rid of, that it was worth getting rid of. They were justified to get rid of him. And oh, by the way, do you see the monsoon on Sunday Night Football? No way could they score a lot of points. Okay, Browns covered, thus loser narrative. Tennessee dominated, loser on the narrative. Rams did not cover, tight game at halftime, loser. Oh, Sunday Night Football over the total. Easy. After Monsoon, loser. Now, what's going on here? Oftentimes, and there's two factors here. One is that the narrative becomes prevalent and thus it gets expensive, fading or wrapping your arms around that narrative. I'm fading the Browns. I got sucked into that. I'm fading the Browns. Okay. Now the Browns go from three and a half or four as a favor. All the way, you know, if I would have taken uh, Denver at plus three and a half, I win the game. I take it at plus two, I lose the game. Okay. Same thing. And it was one of the great moments of the year for me is when we covered with Miami. What did we say? They were minus two and a half last week, plus two and a half now. And like God wanted to say, RJ, you're on the right track. <laughs> they lose by two. That is, and that, if it only happens one out of 20 games, that's how this value approach wins because it takes you from 50% to 55%, one winner out of 20. So they get expensive. The total on Sunday night football went down three points. I think there's another factor too. These are, Elite athletes. The, the, the D-backs that were the replacement backs for Tennessee are probably as good at athletics as anyone. Now, you're in the media, so you've known other professionals or whatever. But most people probably have never met someone as good at what they are in the NFL as a third-string cornerback at, at anything that matters, really. 
Right? Think about it. Anna Kornikova, they used to say, oh, she's just cheesecake and she's just, you know. Just cute. a pretty face. Yeah, just a pretty face. It's like she was like at her height, like the, the 17th best tennis player in the world for women. Like who out, who's the 17th best at anything that can make you millions of dollars that you know? Not many, if any. So these people are great. They're just not great relative to the starters and not great relative to elite cornerbacks because even the starters aren't elite at Tennessee relative to the rest of the league. There used to be a game in which the nine best Hold'em players in the world, like in the late 70s, early 80s, Doyle had a game that just traveled around based on who gave him the best terms. And there was people that were losing their shirt that was probably the seventh or eighth best Hold'em player in the world. But they were playing against the uh, the six best, so they lost, right? So it's all relative. But the fact of the matter is, these players, when they're being told by the A.J. Hoffmans of the world how bad they are, well, what ends up happening? They get mad about it. And for at least one game, they can muster up the energy. It's a theory with injuries in general. When everyone's pointing and saying, look at all those injuries, for at least a game or two, the team can pick up the slack. It's hard to do that over the long term. But I believe that when there are human elements to this, Browns picked up the slack, Tennessee picked up the slack, and look at Detroit. They played a hard game. Detroit's done that all year long. I don't know why anyone's surprised that they fought hard against that team of all teams. But they went even harder. And this is another lesson, I believe, is a high-variance style of play. Another way to say that would be take every freaking chance you can. <laughs> Onside kick, go for it. Because you know what? You're going to need a crazy confluence of events to win. And if you lose, it doesn't matter if you lose by 40, at least if you don't bet the spread. If you lose by 40 or if you lose by three, you lost. And why don't more teams do that? Because they don't want the embarrassment of losing 45 nothing. But Detroit did everything they could. They onside kicked on the first drive. They did a fourth down fake punt on the same drive. So they recovered the onside kick. Then on fourth down, they fake punt it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they could have got blown out. But they had a chance to win the game. I was, listen, I've been saying Dan Campbell, I've been, let's agree, AJ. I know you don't like to give compliments. I've been on the Dan Campbell side from the start. You have. You said that Dan Campbell's a smart coach. Nobody would be Sean Payton's number two guy if he wasn't a smart guy. And, and you believe in Dan Campbell. All right. So I just want to say that that's correct. And, <laughs> and listen to the pro. Don't listen to no Joe, man. And I feel pretty good about it. And I, you got to wonder, did Campbell do that with the caricature the cartoonish way he acted to distract or was it he didn't know how people would respond to it i don't know if he's like he's like a size of kose level genius if he's trying to distract people from his brilliance because it worked or kaiser soze oh how did i say size or kose oh wow <laughs> size or kose i don't think i said size or kose okay kaiser soze isn't it yes it is but i thought that's what i said is that a rule with you that if you give a compliment you I, I have to knock you back down yeah like you find like some irre- irrelevant little minutiae yes okay all right i mean everyone's trying to figure you out still Thank you. that's aj hoffman <laughs> I'm R.J. Bell. I'm going to ponder. I'm going to ponder this. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Okay, I think we got two choices. One, you can help explain to us what happened to you that made you the way you are. Ooh. Or you can give us... 
us the two biggest stories in college football. Uh, I'll give you the two biggest stories in college football because I have no idea what went wrong with me <laughs> along the way. Do uh, you want the stories from last week, this last week, or the coming? Well, I went week? next week because I want to know who's going to win. No, it's all one story, right? What's happened? What's happening? Biggest story. Oklahoma's quarterback Caleb Williams, who jumped up to seventh in the Heisman voting, almost lost a game to Kansas football. Seventh I, in the Heisman odds. Seventh in the Heisman odds. Not yeah. voting. Not voting. Correct. All right. It, go ahead. What made you this way? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't typically do that, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, but he he ends up bailing them out against Kansas. But that's obviously a loss that would have ended any Heisman hope, any national title hope uh, so for he's them. The seventh favorite to win the Heisman. Yes. Wow. And almost lost to Kansas. And this week coming up, a, a huge game between two unbeaten teams, Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, a game that rarely matters as much as it does right now. But well, because Michigan hardly wins any games that matter. Right? Michigan State hardly wins any games that matter. It's all who's going to who's yeah, in line to get to, their ass kicked by Ohio State. We next. tend to focus on Harbaugh here. He smells. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Question. What's Oklahoma's title odds? And does the upside of the new quarterback, and is there greater upside, does it improve their odds, do you think? 15 to 1 right now. And is that an improvement in your mind? Not the odds 15 to 1, but rather, is Oklahoma's chance of winning the title increased because that the Rattler is no longer yes. the starting quarterback. And the, the odds aren't as good as they were early in the season when Spencer Rattler was there because Oklahoma looked like they were going to be a more competitive team. They're still unbeaten. All they've got to do is win their games, and they're in the playoff because they're still so, Oklahoma. So hold on a second. So the odds were what? So if we look at Oklahoma, they were 15 to 1, or they're 15 to 1 now. They were 14 to 1 a week ago. They were 8 to 1 in the preseason. So what we're saying is it feels like they have a better chance now to win than they did at any point this year because of the new quarterback, but you're getting the juiciest payout now. Yes. Would you say at 15 to 1 that's worth a bet? No. Why? Because I think Oklahoma is a long way from the teams at the top. The, the, and who are those teams? Georgia, Georgia is really the team. And Alabama? Ohio State. Ohio State. I, I think Georgia. Alabama. Ohio State, Alabama neutral. What's the line? Uh, probably Ohio State by one. I'll take it. When we come back, it's Monday Night Football, and I'm giving you a prop. If I'm not mistaken, I think I'm undefeated. Is that right, AJ? That is correct. That means I've never lost this season on Monday Night with props. It's coming up. All right. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Alvin. Let's take a look at Monday Night Football. First, though, got to correct you, A.J. Okay. When you said I was undefeated on Monday Night Football props, you were incorrect. Ugh. Now, it's your fault. Right. I had a loser on Tannehill. So not undefeated. Okay, but still, yeah, it's it's okay. not undefeated. I let, that's right. my goal typically. The Saints five and a half point favorites at Seattle tonight. All right. First thing, this thing's getting steamed up. All right, it was four not that long ago. Today, up to five and a half. All right, so what's causing that? There's been some active, inactive announcements, and you got Davenport active, Kwai Alexander active, Traquan Smith active. Now, these are not massive names, but they move the needle in aggregate 
and don't forget key numbers in the NFL. When you go from four to five and a half, well, five is the key there. Well, how often do games end up five? Not often. So there's not as much uh, resistance to that move. But still, a tangible dial adjustment upward because of the health of the Saints. Yeah, and these you are got guys, an interesting point about the bye. Yeah, the Saints were on bye last week, so they didn't have to make any announcements on who was coming off IR, who wasn't coming off IR, who was going to be eligible, who wasn't until tonight. So that's a little bit of an advantage for the Saints from a gamesmanship standpoint. Now, you have to lay about minus 155 if you go under with me. That's the VIG. But I think because of that, what is Seattle going to do defensively? Seattle's going to be looking when they get down deep into the red zone. Well, what plays have they run? What kind of schemes have they run? And now they're going to be compensating for that. And especially with the bye, I think the Saints are going to have an alternative. And in general, I like to go under on Monday night because the public tends to bet overs. So we're going with the under and we're fading what's happened so far this year that I think we'll get adjusted for. What do you think? I like it because I also think the weather plays into that. The Saints team realizes if they don't turn the ball over, they're going to win a lot of games. They want to minimize risk with James. Especially, which means- especially with Geno Smith on the other side. Exactly. And, and you bring up a great point. Games take on a feel. It's like you ever see a game where there's like seven points scored or maybe 14 in the whole first half, and then there's like 31 scored in the second? What's changed? Typically, it's the other team's a little more conservative because, hey, it's 7-7. We're fine. Let's not risk it. Let's not go for it on fourth. But then when the other team gets up 14, it's like we got to do whatever. The other team says we got to catch, we got to keep ahead. And all of a sudden, the whole game state changes. The whole tenor of the game changes. With Geno Smith on the other side, if you're a favorite like the Saints, you're thinking, let's not screw this up. We got this thing. The Steelers game showed that. Seattle played about as well as they can with Geno Smith. And Pittsburgh's not a really good team, and they still could win. I think it's low risk this game. Do you, but the under's gone from 44 to 41 and a half. I don't like that move. I don't want to play under that number. Do you? No. I looked at the first half under. Fez told me the weather was going to be way worse in the first half, so I, t- I, I played the first half under. I, I got one more thought on this game. Let's do a little business. All right. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services, like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. Last point on Monday Night Football. So the pick is, my prop bet, under one and a half touchdowns thrown by Winston, and you got to lay about minus 155 on the under. When you do your power ratings, Malinsky taught me this also, you should have two numbers. How good is the team? And then a confidence level on your assessment, A, B, C, or D. D being the worst, A being the best. My Saints is a D. So I don't have a meaning I think they're better than people think, but I can't figure out how that game against Carolina happened. I mean, we could say COVID or whatever. I'm just uncertain of Winston. So in general, when you aren't sure things, don't be afraid to pass. And I'm not sure about the game, so I'm passing the game. If you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive into what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas!